Hey, me again. This is From the Commissioner's Desk. back once again welcome into episode three just ahead of week three of the nfl season let's today, go today is thursday september 23rd and i am finally sitting atop the standings board number one off to a hot start two and oh and Chaz, you got your first one of the season this past weekend congrats man how you feeling i am feeling great if there's anything worse than starting oh and one it's oh and two but i got the first win and I got that monkey off my back, so I'm ready to go. Push forward. Week three, here we come. Yeah, I feel good to be uh, first overall. But I'm not too optimistic, man. There's a lot of stuff that's making me hesitant. To be honest, I feel like, you know, I'm playing Mario Kart, picked a big character like Donkey Kong, got that good speed boost off the start. I'm in first, and now all these little freaking baby Marios and Toes and Yoshis are just going to be nipping my heels passing me on the first turn. So Those are the worst. We'll see, we'll see if this can uh, stay the same. That's how I'm feeling right now. All righty. And that brings us to our first thing. We will look at the standings right now. So even across the board, we got some teams that are 2-0, and 1-1, 0-2, I believe. At the bottom here at 0-2, tough start. Manscaped Bushwhackers owned by Ethan. Jasper Wildcats, 0-2. Don Patro, 0-2. And then sitting right at the middle, you're looking good. It's only week two, so we'll see what happens. But we got me, Lexington Mob, The Clown, Title Town, and then sit to the top of the leaderboard who are feeling great. We got you, Trent, of course, Daniel Arrow, and the B team, which is owned by Kyle Martins. Yeah, and with the extended season, so we're looking at 14 games in the regular season, there's probably going to be a situation where one or maybe even two teams that are six and eight uh, will make the playoffs. So obviously it's only week two. We're not going to act like anybody's out of it yet. It's something to think about in these weeks to come, you know, as teams start taking shape. Losses start to pile up. Um, you're never truly out of it, it seems, in this league. 10-team league, six guys end up in the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think um, some of the bigger shockers for me right now sitting at the bottom is Ethan Brown. So, actually, I loved his team coming into the season. Um, and to see him at 0-2 uh, either means I don't know what I'm talking about or there's big things to come. What can I really say? I'm 1-1. One one, so. And you go from talking about the bottom, I'll talk a little bit about the top. We've got me, Daniel, and Kyle, in terms of what we've been voting, our commissioner votes for the matchups, 100% of the votes have gone for me and my matchups. 100% of the votes have gone for Daniel and his matchups. And you and I have yet to vote for Kyle in any of his matchups. He's now 2-0, slapping us across the face. So let's see. Uh, maybe something's a little bit different this time around. We'll, we'll see how we feel about Kyle's team later on in the podcast. Yeah, he had, a, he had a couple of tough matchups at the start of the season, so that might, made me a little weary um, to pick him. But as we know, of course, Daniel's going to start off hot and then in second place. So, But other than that, I'm not too surprised with what's going on right now. And then we've got sad boy summer. Eric Thomas is 305 points against. He, Will Gray, and Tyler by far have had the most points against. Will's been able to etch out a win. Uh, just unlucky start to the regular season for these guys. Odds are it's going to even out as the season goes on, but something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Yeah, and then at the very top, we got you with the most points for 
Um, how does it feel to be at the top? Because I think the last few years you've kind of started out a little rocky and then had to claw your way back up. Yeah, last season I think I started 0-6. Uh, I didn't get off to a hot start. What can you say? I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm happy to have started off this strong. Uh, I feel like my bench is coming to form as well. So the way I look at my roster, I don't have too many weak points. So it's encouraging to me being the highest points for to start off this season. We'll see if it continues, though. Yeah, I feel you. I don't think it's too much of luck, though. I heard you talking at the beginning. I think you uh, had your draft set and you kind of figured out what you wanted. So we'll see if it works out in the long run. All righty. And then next we can go over the news of the week, some of the trades, some of the um, waiver wire pickups, a couple of things that have happened in the league that maybe shook a few things up and shook a few things up in the chat if we look back at today. The most shocking thing to me is the amount of quarterback injuries that happened in week two. This week we've got three quarterbacks that are out. Uh, the replacements will be stepping up. So Andy Dalton for the Chicago is out in steps. Rookie Justin Fields into his first start. I know a lot of guys in this league are looking forward to that. Terod Taylor is also out in steps. Davis Mills in tonight's game. Uh, we'll see if some of the weapons for Houston can keep up their production or not. And then Tua Tagovailoa uh, is out. What's the injury? Something with his ribs? Is that right, Jess? Yeah, I believe he uh, took a – he has a fracture rib. He took a mean shot. Um in the middle of the game against the Bills last week, and I think he's out this week. Stepping into Kobe Brissett, who I believe this week was quoted by saying, he's not a backup, he's a starter, which always means that he's going to do shitty this week. So good luck to all you Miami owners. Solid backup confidence, love to see it. To round this out, we've got Ben Roethlisberger, who's questionable, probably going to play. Carson Wentz, who sprained both of his ankles, questionable, probably going to play. And then Baker Mayfield showing up on the injury report. Uh, I believe he injured himself while making a tackle. I could be mistaken on that. All those guys should end up playing this week. If Carson Wentz doesn't get in a car wreck or something like that on the way to the, the practice field. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised he's still walking around with those broken ankles, and uh, I'm sure he'll lose an arm or a, a kneecap in the stands. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, moving on, we got to address the second trade of the young season between the Titletown Kurds and 25 Savage. So Titletown Kurds sends TJ Hawkinson after Hawkinson put up a whale of a game against Will Hickson's Green Bay Packers. The next day, he ships him off to 25 Savage, a nice improvement for Daniel's team. In return, Daniel sends back Miles Sanders to Will. Chaz, how are you seeing this trade shaping out for both these teams? Well, I've been a big fan of TJ Hawkinson since the beginning, and then after the big um, games he put up the last two weeks, I think definitely Daniel won um, this trade, especially since Daniel's been looking for a tight end throughout the last two weeks. I've seen a, a few trade bids and things like that that he's been going for, so... I definitely think he won out on that bid, but Title Town knows what he's doing. He's put up big numbers the first week, and I think he's had some um, a few injury scares with his running backs, and a few of his uh, bench running backs are more backup. So I think he was looking for a, a big time running back in uh, Miles Sanders, especially in PPR. So I think he was just needing that safety blanket with Miles Sanders. So I, I don't mind that. Um, and he picked up Rob Gronkowski, so he didn't need the extra tight end. Overall, I think uh, it's a win win for both. But I think uh, Daniel edged out this trade. Yeah, it definitely helps shape up both of these rosters, but I think you're you're completely right on your analysis for TJ Hawkinson. I think he's an absolute stud. In my mind, he's George Kittle 2.0, somewhat in a better situation with what's going on in Detroit right now. And we haven't seen high production from Kittle to start the year, so it's hard to really even say that he's 2.0 or George Kittle light, some are calling him. So we'll see how this shapes out for both these teams. Again, helps shape out both rosters, uh, so we'll see moving forward. Next, we're going to take a look at some of the waiver wire pickups. So just real quick to tie a bow on last week, uh, last week's waiver wire pickups, the biggest one 
was Elijah Mitchell, who went to went to Davis for thirty six dollars. This is the only pickup off of the waiver wire last week that was inserted into a starting lineup. And for spending $36, he only put up 7.3 fantasy points. Uh, This is something we kind of touched on a little bit during last week's segment where you never know um, if someone's going to, you know, catch fire and go off or if it's going to be the next guy up in that offense. I know there's like three injuries for running back positions for the 49ers. They're two and oh, so they're high powered offense. But would you be starting Elijah Mitchell moving forward here, Chaz? So, yeah, I definitely would start him this week, but going forward, once Jeff Wilson Jr. comes back, I think he might be competing for um, touches. So I would play him while you have him and then play it by ear once a few of the injured players come back. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Uh, Definitely a flex position right now, not someone I'd be overconfident as my second best running back in a 10-team roster. Looking at some of these other pickups from last week, Sterling Shepard for Kyle turned out to be great in his week two performance. The Giants offense is is clicking well, except for Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is quarterback two or three this year in fantasy. Sterling Shepard is turning out to be quite a serviceable wide receiver to plug in the lineup. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. And then also Rondell Moore. Will Hickson picked up Rondell Moore last week at 24.4 points. Is this guy, is he from Trinity? Is that right, Chaz? Rondell Moore, I believe he is not from Trinity. Oh, okay. I got some bad information then. Uh, anyway. Rondell Moore put up 24.4 fantasy points, was sitting on Will's bench. A nice little stash. We'll see if Will decides to plug him into his lineup in these upcoming weeks. Holy balls. Actually, I just looked it up. He's from Trinity. Wow. I fucking blew it because I picked him up. I didn't have the patience, and I dropped him. Moving on, let's take a look at some of the pickups from this past Tuesday night. So the big one, the high dollar, last week it was for $36. This week for $35, Will Gray and the Lexington Mob adds Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson to his roster. Uh, we know Will's a big finance guy. They like to live by the principles of buy low, sell high. To me, this is a little bit of point chasing, right? Cordero Patterson's put up some big numbers in week two, but lucked out, had two touchdowns. Is still kind of that third down running back used to spell Mike Davis. What do you think of the situation going on right now in Atlanta, Chess? Well, having Mike Davis, it's been kind of a bummer having Cordell Patterson out there taking a lot of his touches. I will say the amount of money he spent for just an atrocious offense in Atlanta is um, a bit of a head scratcher in general. I think um, Cordell Patterson, unless injury comes to him, he's looked good out there and he's been kind of the, uh, the spark they needed on offense, even though they haven't done anything in terms of game wins. Um, but overall, I, I wouldn't spend that amount of money on him. And to be honest with you, I like, I think Mike Davis looks pretty good out there between the two of them. I, I just wouldn't pay that much money for Cordo Patterson with the Atlanta offense. Yeah, I'm optimistic on him. Actually, I know I was giving Will a hard time a second ago. I think to me, this is starting to become a changing of the guard moving from Mike Davis and that ground and pound offense to kind of a more dynamic pass catching back in Cordell Patterson. Atlanta needs to get something going, and I think this has been the spark to their offense. So this could be a really interesting play and actually end up paying dividends to Will in the long run. So we'll see how this shapes out. Moving on, the next biggest acquisition was Hunter Renfro to Don. Uh, Hunter Renfro picked up for $10 to Eric Thomas's team. Nothing to hate here. I think this is a solid pickup, a good possession receiver who's starting to see an uptick in targets, especially here in week two. To me, the big storyline is actually uh, the other side of the transaction on who Eric decided to drop. 
So Wednesday morning rolls around. I look at my phone and I see Justin Fields, Chicago's own Justin Fields has been dropped. Now, I don't fault Eric for doing this. He's got Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback, but we know we've got quite a few Bears fans in this league. What do you think about this move here? Yeah, so I think um, in terms of players, Don did not need a quarterback, especially another one on his bench with a few of the players that he needs. Um, I like his pickup for Renfro. I mean, Las Vegas is looking really good. John Gruden's got his head down and their offense is moving. So I, I like it. I think he's their number two, um, obviously behind um, Darren Waller, who pretty much takes up everything. But in terms of possession catches, I think he's the the man for it. But in terms of Justin Fields, it's a tough one. I think, um, again, another team that might have some sticky fingers is Daniel, but Daniel's already got Russell Wilson, but he might give him a shot. I don't know. I think Dane might put a little bit on him. Um, keep her eyes out for that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if two or three of these teams make a bid for young Justin Fields to add to their rosters. I doubt he's going to show up into a starting lineup, but it's going to be exciting to see him be the starter this week, um, so long as Andy Dalton remains sidelined. Uh, apart from that, we had a bunch of defensive streams this week. Not much we need to address right now, so let's move on and talk about tonight's game. So tonight, we have the 2-0 Carolina Panthers taking on my hometown team, the 1-1 Houston Texans. Looking at this game on paper, I really didn't realize that both of these teams got off to such a hot start. I would have thought the Panthers, I know they won their week one matchup, but to see them at 2-0 and the Texans 1-1, I think is a shock to a lot of people come to week three for a primetime game. I totally agree. I think um, especially Houston, everyone was had their head down for them. Um, but Tyrod Taylor really showed out the first two games. But with him missing this week, it definitely takes away that threat he has with his legs. So I think um, they might be in a bit of a pickle here. And uh, Carolina has been starting off strong. That front four looks great. Their defense looks scary the first few games. And then their offense doesn't look too bad with Sam Darnold back there and a couple of their offensive weapons. And, and then finally with DJ Moore kind of coming into stride, he looked great this past Sunday. So I think um, Houston's in for some trouble. Yeah. And Houston's going to be rolling out third round rookie Davis Mills at quarterback. It's kind of hoping they just say, fuck it and put Deshaun Watson in there, but uh, yeah, talk about which, sticky fingers. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, which kind of hurts my current lineup with Brandon cooks. I think this is definitely a huge downgrade having Davis Mills at quarterback, but I don't really have too many options to pivot elsewhere. So I think I'm going to leave Brandon cooks and just kind of roll my dice out uh, and see how they land tonight. On the flip side, I mean, we've got McCaffrey. This is a big deal for you. Your number one pick, a guy that's definitely going to eat tonight and put up some big numbers. So it's going to be exciting to see Will Gray's DJ Moore and Ethan Brown's Robbie Anderson should also be posed to have pretty good nights tonight. No, you heard the others, only still the lovers. Then, of course, the choice is yours. And back by popular demand, we have Chaz's This or That. This is the second time we're doing this segment, and this is going to give Chaz an in-depth look at some of the decisions that our league managers are faced with this week. We're going to bring up two names, talk about their opponents, and see what Chaz would do if he was the current owner with this decision. So to start things off, Chaz, we're going to take a look at Davis Church's roster. Currently, Davis has T. Higgins uh, in his flex position. So this or that, Chaz, would you rather start Odell Beckham Jr. versus Chicago or T. Higgins versus Pittsburgh? Now, to paint this a little bit clearer, this is Odell's first game back after his reconstructed knee surgery. 
He's been cleared to run for about a month now. Uh, and additionally, Jarvis Landry's injury, does that open the door for more targets? Had this been uh, an entry into the game last week? Now for T. Higgins, he received a team high 10 targets in week two. But he's going up against Pittsburgh, who's got a strong secondary, and is likely to be shadowed against Joe Hayden for most of the game. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think uh, you're giving me an easy one to start out with. Last week, you kept throwing me some curveballs, but this one's pretty clear in my eyes. I mean, T. Higgins has been a standout. Um, through the first two games, he scored at least 16 points in both of them. Um, and to be honest with you, I think he looks the best out in the field um, by far out of the other two. I mean, Jamar Chase and him both have two touchdowns on the year. Um, but overall, I think T. Higgins is the most consistent. And then obviously you have Tyler Board, who's picking up the under routes. But um, T. Higgins is sitting there right in the middle. So, And along with that, Actually, all three Bengals receivers have looked great throughout the start of the season. Um, they've all been startable players. Um, I haven't really had one that's been in, in terms of the three that have started that have been sit in the sit column. Um, and then going up at their matchup next week, um, Chicago has a standout D. Um, pretty straightforward on that one. Um, throughout the, the first few games of the season, Chicago has been stopping most of the groundwork. So I think it's going to leave lots of room in the air um, for Cincinnati. And with Joe having a little bit of injury issues last year, um, he might be wanting to get the rock out a little quicker than usual. And then when it comes to Odell, um, you mentioned it a little bit. He hasn't played a game this year. Um, this will be his first start, so this will be more so an eye test for me. Along with Jarvis Landry being out, um, it could give Odell a boost. But if you looked at the, the game last week, Baker Mayfield had a few injuries, um, and just the passing game didn't look great, and they're wanting to keep it on the ground for the most of the game. So I don't really need to go in too much depth on this one. Um, it's T Higgins for me all the way. Pick number one is going to be T Higgins. All right, question number two, this or that. For my team in particular, for Trent Earp's team, would you rather start Tyson Williams versus Detroit or Damian Harris versus New Orleans? Currently, Tyson Williams versus Detroit is my choice. Uh, Williams, we know, is in the three-headed backfield. We saw some nice bursts, you know, some spry younger player than Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray. This Detroit team that he's going up against just gave up an unbelievable night to Aaron Jones, so maybe we could see a bounce back. Or maybe we could see this as a pattern throughout the season of Detroit giving up big nights to the running games. On the other side, Damian Harris is splitting snaps with James White, who seems to be the preferred pass catcher, as always. Harris is the preferred rusher. Um, but is he touchdown dependent against a New Orleans defense? Yeah, so this one, I think uh, of the ones you've asked already, this one's pretty tough. I think, um, again, the safe option, like you said, is Damian Harris. He's receiving uh, most of the groundwork. Um, the passing game is not there. You have to think with two games in, people are picking up on that, and some of those receptions have to be um, shared with Damian Harris as well. Um, on the flip side, though, Damian Harris, he's uh, put up 13 points, at least 13 points the last two weeks. And if you look at him on the ground, he's looking pretty good. And then going up against New Orleans this week, um, who didn't put up the best offensive week last week. However, they only gave up 72 yards to Christian McCaffrey. And I think we can both agree that he's better than them. So I, I like Damian Harris as a safe play for this week. And then on the other hand, we have Tyson Williams, who um, kind of got his start due to injuries. Um, he came out looking explosive the last two weeks. Um, actually, in the first week was his best week so far. He came out um, with 18 points against Vegas, who, if we've seen, has a pretty great offensive line or defensive line um, to put a stop to the game. But he put up pretty good points against them. And then against the Kansas City Chiefs, it was a pretty back-and-forth game. They needed points, so the running game really wasn't there that much uh, besides Lamar for him. So we only put up 11 points last week. Um, and then with a few players taking um, runs away from him, they added Latavius Murray, um, Freeman, and then you have Lamar's um, threat with his legs. So those are possibilities for him to get points taken away from him. Um, in touches especially, 
Um, along with the the offense not being big on passing to the running backs, I think that could be um, an injury to the side for him. But overall, I like the talent with him. Um, and then coming up this week, they should have a pretty big week uh, going up against Detroit. We all remember the game last week. Aaron Jones put up four touchdowns. I think the running game is there, and then they're going to be up. So I think Tyson Williams is going to get some some work as well. So, you know, actually, I was going to go Damian Harris, but the more points I gave, whew, I'm going to change it up. I think I'm going to go Tyson Williams for this one. Tyson Williams, I appreciate the help. All right, the last one, this or that. In Tyler Jasper's roster, he's currently starting James Robinson at running back. Would you rather start James Robinson versus Arizona or Kenyon Drake versus Miami? We know James Robinson had an incredible rookie year, but the team goes out and replaces him at the beginning of the draft. In round one, they draft Travis Etienne. And he just kind of doesn't have that same spark that he had last year. Is this a game where he gets back on track? Or would you start Kenyon Drake with a, well, let's say, hobbled uh, Josh Jacobs out in Las Vegas? Yeah, so this one from the eye test, you think it'd be pretty obvious. Um, I will start off with saying one thing about this matchup. If we, we take back to week number one, any defensive line that can put a stop to Derrick Henry might have some issues going forward. So James Robinson is going to be going up against Arizona Cardinals, um, which we had on a few weeks ago, basically shut down the Tennessee running game. So whenever that happens, you already have a red flag going up there, along with the fact that Jacksonville has looked utterly useless on offense and their overall scheme has not been really fit to James Robinson. Um, the past week, though, he did get a lot more carries. Um, they looked at him in the passing game. So I like that going forward. And then when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, overall, he has not looked good at all. This past week, I believe he only had one passing touchdown with two interceptions. So I think he might be a little more skittish and might be willing to check down a little more to James Robinson. And then going over Kenyon Drake, I think this one's pretty straightforward. Josh Jacobs had an injury last week. He's predicted to start, but they're a little worried for him, and it wasn't sounding good from John Gruden. So my take on this is pretty easy. If Josh Jacobs is out, you're starting Kenyon Drake easy. But if Josh Jacobs is playing, I'm going James Robinson. Well said, Chaz. All right, that'll do it for this week's Chaz's This or That. It's time to move on into some game previews, talk about the matchups this week, give our predictions, and get on out of here. So currently on the year, Chaz, you are 5-3. and three. You've passed the 500 mark. Atta, baby. Uh, and I am 3-5. and five. So we're both getting on track, had a rough week one. But let's see what we got. To start off the night, let's take a look at Jasper Wildcats. We got a new team name here. The Jasper Wildcats, led by Tyler Jasper, 0-2 to start off the year, versus Will Hickson's Titletown Cheese Curd, start off the year 1-1. Yeah, between these two, um, one thing that I've learned throughout my fantasy football career is that if you change your name, your team's automatically going to get better. So Jasper Wildcats, unfortunately, that's not true. So I think you might be in some trouble this week again going against Titletown Cheese Curds, who we've been big fans of starting out so far. Last week, you put up a pretty good performance. Um, and then this week, the matchups, I think, might favor you more so than Tattletown Cheese Curds. But let's take a little quick look at your roster. So Kyler Murray, phenomenal. I think he's been QB1 this year, especially in my eyes. But if we take a look down at your running backs, Saquon Barkley is still kind of using a crutch on that knee of his. James Robinson, we went over a minute ago, which could have some issues. And then looking out throughout the rest of your bench, your wide receivers are looking pretty good for this week. Mike, Mike Evans, Tom gave him some courtesy touchdowns last week. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Um, they haven't been clicking so well this past few weeks, but I think this um, upcoming week we could see a little bit of a difference with Washington secondary not looking so hot. And then a few of the other, um, your tight end and your flexes. 
Michael Pittman's looking great. Adam Thielen's still hawking all those touchdowns for my boy, Justin Jefferson. And then Logan Thomas is getting targeted so much. So I don't hate your, um, your lineup this week. So maybe the name change worked. What do you think about Tyler's team so far? Yeah, I noticed while recording this podcast and editing it, I say some uh, random things to fill space. And while editing last week's podcast, I realized I dogged on Tyler pretty hard. Kind of a shot in the side talking about he hasn't changed his team name, hasn't won a game. But yeah, I think you're right. I think this this team really stems around the idea that two of his pretty early on draft picks, Saquon Barkley and James Robinson, have yet to score in double digits on the season. And it's going to be really tough. I mean, there's a lot of draft capital spent there. He's built a nice lineup with obviously Kyler Murray, Mike Evans and Adam Thielen, as you mentioned. So he has the pieces there to put up pretty good weeks. But if you're early on draft picks, your two running back studs aren't putting up figures for you. That's going to be your crutch all season. So we'll see if he can change it around. On the other side, we got the Kurds. We've been hyping up these wide receivers all year. Obviously, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, um, and even Deontay Johnson. I think these are guys that really put together a strong front, um, no matter the team that they're going up against. However, we did have to knock a little bit the trade that took place. Trading away Hawkinson, who I feel like has the potential for sure to be a top five tight end, uh, is now going to be replaced by Gronkowski and Will's lineup week to week. Uh, Gronkowski is a guy, obviously, position rank two on the year this far um, with a small sample size of two weeks. Can he keep up that same level of production throughout the season? I certainly don't think so. Um, I think it was kind of a waste to pitch away Hawkinson for just Miles Sanders in return. So we'll see if maybe Will can work a few more deals to figure out his running back room. Um, But for this one, this might be a little bit surprised, but I'm actually going to pick Tyler to win this matchup. Chaz, talk to me a little bit about Will's team. Yeah, so I think you hit on some of the players that were some good points. I will say one thing, like you just mentioned, the tight end trade um, was a bit of a shocker for me. I think longevity-wise, TJ Hawkinson was the move there. Gronk's super athletic. He's um, he's got the game plan down in his head, but I think he's very touchdown dependent. And the past few weeks, he's gotten a lot of touchdowns. So we'll see how his reception and yardage goes throughout the season. And then on the other hand, they have a uh, they have a few um, injury scares here. Deontay Johnson, they said it wasn't serious, but he wasn't looking great. Um, he had a little bit of a knee issue the last game. Josh Jacobs, me personally, I don't think he's actually going to play this week. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, I haven't heard too much about that, but that could be a lingering issue. And then on the top half here, just traded for Miles Sanders. Um, I hope he works out for you. I'm not really sure on that end. Lamar put a hell of a game up last week. And then um, Joe Mixon, I think he'll be fine um, this week. Cool. However, they do play Pittsburgh. So um, I'm going to go against you this week, though. However, I do think I'm going to go with Titletown once again for the third straight week. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got my team, Viva La Tejas at 2-0, going up against Daniel Arrows, 25 Savage, 2-0. This is the only matchup this week of two remaining undefeated teams. Uh, it should be exciting, should see some fireworks, but we're not going to have three undefeated teams reaching week three. This will be uh, quite a showdown here, Chess. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I love to see that you're finally something good happening for you with 2-0. and um, Also, I like to dog on your team. So let's take a look at your team here first. Um, in terms of Tom Brady, I don't need to say anything about that. However, your stud and your number one pick this year, Alvin Kamara, did not look so hot against Carolina last year. I believe he only scored seven points, if I'm not mistaken, um, against Carolina, who's not known for having a very good defense. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't look great. Jameis Winston was not and him we're not clicking very well and then on the other hand and your 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 lineups drastically changed from last week i think you have a few different players in here you're kind of switching up from week to week which is not good if you're um 
if you have those studs, you normally want to start them. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I went over Tyson Williams a little bit. Um, Calvin Ridley, again, in that Atlanta offense, um, you kind of broke Will's team down quite a bit last week about having t- players on big teams. Um, Calvin Ridley, your number two pick of the draft. He's on a pretty shitty team, so we'll see how that works out. Brandon Cooks, shitty team. Darren Wallace, your saving grace. Um, I don't have any worry about him. And then your, your two flex positions right now. Um, with Darnell Mooney, which I haven't seen too much out of him and Chris Godden. So um, this might be a tough week for you. We'll see what happens. What do you think about 25 Savage before I give a breakdown of his? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Daniel is definitely favored by the ESPN projections, but we know that you don't think too much of those. In terms of Daniel's team, that Wilson Lockett stack is pretty powerful, and we saw that firsthand last weekend against Tennessee. Uh, my only hope is that they're still riding high after those massive games and kind of have an off week this week at Minnesota, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but I feel like this was a huge upgrade for Daniel's team, pulling in TJ Hawkinson. Last week, he was starting Jared Cook. He also had Dallas Goddard on his team, so some guys that maybe, maybe not would have had a serviceable week. Now he's got a stud in there at the tight end position, TJ Hawkinson, to match up against Waller on the other side. Now, I will say, I think... Dallas Goddard is not a bad start this week. Uh, maybe someone that might even consider flexing a double tight end uh, into this lineup because of the fact that Zach Ertz is now on the COVID list and is likely not going to be able to suit up and play against the Cowboys. We know the Cowboys are historically terrible against guarding the tight end position, which leaves Goddard with a healthy week, uh, healthy floor at the very least for this team. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think um, in terms of Daniel's team, um, we've mentioned it a few times, pretty consistent. Last week, I don't think they had a single player um, who didn't do so hot uh, besides Miles Sanders, which going again, up against that San Francisco defense, um, I think we expect that a little bit. But overall, his team and the majority of his bench put up a lot of big points. Um, so I'm not too worried about his team this year. Um, he went over his team pretty far in depth. And then obviously, like you just said, TJ Hawkinson added there might be give you an issue this week. I'm honestly most curious to see how the Panthers defense does. He picked them up off the waivers this week. Um, going into the season, the Panthers weren't really looking to have a very good defensive front and secondary, um, but they've shown some people some things. So I'm curious if that pickup's going to do well for them or really going to um, hurt them at this at the end of the game there. So. Yeah, we'll see if they beat up on rookie Davis Mills in tonight's matchup. Should be fun to watch. Jazz, I think you're going to break my heart, but go ahead and give me your pick. I think I'm going to go with Daniel this week once again. Fair enough. All right, moving on. We've got team I'm a chooch at one and one versus the B team two and oh, both teams coming off a big win last week. Uh, Let's start things off on a little bit of a different note. Uh, Chaz, can you tell us a little bit about your team name? What is a chooch? Uh, And would you ever consider changing your name? And tell us a little bit about your team logo. Yeah, so the the word chooch actually comes from the dialect of Italy, referring to a jackass, an idiot, a moron, um, someone of low morals. So pretty much the exact opposite of me um, in terms of the fantasy realm. So I thought it'd be fitting to do something that was kind of on the opposite of myself. Um, in terms of my logo there, he is a little blue alien. Um, I thought he was darn cute and, um, I wanted to put him in there. I think it's fitting for me in those two ways. And then what was your third question? The third question is what would it take for you to change your team name? Nothing. Next question. Uh, last question I'll ask is last week you decided to not start a defense, uh, a rare strategy we see in fantasy football, but if you have no better option, it's better to take zero points than negative points. Can you walk us through that decision from last week? Yeah. So last week, um, the defense I selected, uh, to start actually had the last game of the week. Um, it's very rare for a defense to put up negative eight points, but seeing as I was only beating Davis by eight, 
Um, Green Bay did not look good against New Orleans week one. So I thought be on the safe side. Um, in the end, the points differential um, shouldn't come in too big of a factor um, for eight points. So I just went ahead and uh, kept them out of the lineup just to be sure. Secure the victory. Smart way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, we've got the B team, Kyle Martin's B team. And look, we've been giving ourselves a hard time saying, OK, we keep picking against Kyle and he keeps winning. Maybe what everyone doesn't realize is that we're just woke to the fact that Kyle's team is really bad and they haven't even realized it yet. Uh, but in all seriousness, Kyle's got a hell of a team. Uh, Derek Henry's an absolute beast and is going up against Indianapolis this weekend. You have to go all the way back to 2018 for the last time that he didn't at least have 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, so if we're going off of those figures, that's a floor of 14 points. And obviously we saw his ceiling this past weekend where he put up nearly 50 uh, Chaz, are you going to get any sleep until the Indianapolis Tennessee game this weekend? I don't think so. I think, um, I know in the past we have not decided in our games, but I think it's only tradition that I go with my team. All right. We will not be jotting that down for the official commissioner's record. Uh, but I will note that on a personal level. Yeah. This game's going to be exciting because tonight we have your biggest point scorer, Christian McCaffrey, Uh, And likely on Monday night, we have Dak Prescott playing for Kyle's team, and that's likely going to be his biggest score. So from the beginning of the week to the very end of week three, uh, you guys are going to be biting your nails looking at this game. I think it's going to be close, but I am going to ride with Kyle for the first time, picking Kyle over Chooch, the only official pick for this game from your commissioners. Uh, So we'll see how this one turns out. That brings us to our next matchup. Two teams that lost coming off this previous week. We've got the Manscaped Bushwhackers still looking for their first win, 0-2, led by Ethan Brown. And we've got Davis Church's The Clown Team, 1-1 on the season. Chaz, how do you see these two teams matching up? Yeah, so this week I think this is a uh, a big matchup in both these players' hearts. Um, they don't seem to like each other very much. They're just on different pages most of the time. Um, but breaking this one down, starting with Ethan's team, I think they've been very inconsistent the past few weeks. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, um, at the beginning of the year, I had high hopes for him. Um, hopefully he can turn around. But Aaron Rodgers, week one, had a terrible game, and then he turned it around. Dalvin Cooks played pretty well. And then once you get down to the Corvus teams here, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who hasn't looked so hot the past few weeks. Um, he had that big fumble, so hopefully he can bounce back from there. A.J. Brown, um, there's been a lot of chirping in the the chat about some different things, some different viewpoints about him. He had quite a few drops, so if he cleans those drops up, I think he's in for some big games. And then when it comes to Robert Woods, he was actually projected to be wide receiver one coming into the season. Um, However, Cooper Cup has been taking quite a bit of his touches. Um, I think Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have become pretty good friends recently. Apparently, they have breakfast every morning um, with each other at least one or two hours a day. Um, So that might play into it a little bit. I'm not sure. Um, And then we got down to Robert Tunyon. Um, Robert Tunyon, one of uh, the Kurds, big fellas here, um, didn't play so hot last week. Um, hopefully he can bounce back against San Francisco. Um, Aaron Jones might be a little um, ineffective um, with the running game. So maybe they'll toss it off to Robert Tanyan. And then one surprising person, uh, Amari Cooper. I think we all know his talent, but last year he was a little wobbly along with injuries. Um, but this year he's come out strong and he's been a big target for uh, Dak Prescott. And then we go down to Robbie Anderson. Um, he didn't look so hot last week. He only had, I think, uh, six fantasy points with the run game getting pretty good. Um, however, this week they're going up against Houston, um, so there might be more room for him to run around there. Um, but all in all, I don't mind Manscaped Bushwhackers team this week. Um, what's your picture on them? 
Yeah, I think I highlighted a little bit last week with Ethan's team and how he has some exciting players on his bench with Devonta Smith and Henry Ruggs, two guys that I'd see with the kind of an unlimited ceiling can really go off in any week. And we saw that with this week with Ruggs, he put up 23 fantasy points. You look at the four receivers that Ethan started and you touched on it quite a bit. They put up a combined 30 points, which is roughly seven and a half points per player. Now that's splitting hairs a little bit, but you can see that the excitement's there. Maybe it was just an off week, um, but the floor for some of these guys just wasn't there. So we'll see, especially Robbie Anderson might be a guy that we look to get back on track tonight um, as he goes up against Houston. One thing I have to comment here is the fact that he has a Robert, a Robert and a Robbie in his starting lineup and his team name has nothing to do with Robbie or Bobby. It's a real shame there. I think there's some uh, definitely alliteration, some name comparison. Can be a little bit more creative than the old Manscaped Bushwhackers. Yeah, you can never have too many Robbies in your lineup. Poor clown. He had a rough goal last week against me. I didn't even have to start my defense, like you said, for me to beat him. But um, this week, I like his team a little bit better than the Manscaped Bushwhackers. So this week, I am going to go with clown. And the reason for that is I like the matchups this week with Jalen Hurts with his legs going up against Dallas, who has not looked very good against the run. Um, Antonio Gibson this week, last week, he had a bit of a, a rough patch there with a lot of his touches going to JD McKissick. But I think this week, um, he's the number one back once again, David Montgomery going up against Cleveland, Cleveland didn't play so hot last week. Um, they, they got away with the win. Um, but David Montgomery was looking really good. Um, for that game. I think last week he put up right about 10 points, which isn't terrible, um, against Cincinnati. So, and then we got to his, uh, his big playmaker here, Travis Kelsey, last week, even going up against Baltimore um, on the field, um, he had a t- he had a few touchdowns. I think he had one touchdown. Um, he might have even looked great, but he still put up 23 points. Um, so you can count on him again this week. Um, and then T. Higgins, I went over him pretty well. Um, T. Higgins, I like T. Higgins a lot this year, um, and I think um, he's going to do pretty well against uh, Pittsburgh this week. Like I said, the run defense is pretty stout for Pittsburgh, so I think um, T. Higgins has a big game in store for him. The only concern I have for his team is Eliza Mitchell, um, which we talked about. Um, he had a shoulder injury. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. He's definitely going to start this week, um, but going up against Green Bay, especially how they looked um, against Detroit with the run defense. Um, I think he might be in some trouble. Um, however, his best player this week might even be the Denver Broncos going up against uh, the New York Jets, who just looked god-awful last week. So my pick this week is Clown. Um, however, I do think it's going to be a close one. Yeah, we talked about Davis's team a couple times before and mentioned how they're very boom or bust. It's exciting. It's a fun team to watch. We do need to note that Antonio Brown is um, on Davis's team and would be in that flex position starting over Elijah Mitchell. It looks like Davis has taken him out due to the fact that he has tested positive for COVID and is going to need two negative tests prior to Sunday's matchup. So pretty certain he's not going to be playing and Davis is going to be forced to start Elijah Mitchell, who we've said a few times we're not super excited about uh, in this capacity. And we don't even know if he's fully going to be suited up to play on Sunday. Davis has a few question marks. I think I'm going to slightly lean towards Ethan's team here. Ethan to get his first one of the season. Um, so a little bit, bit of divisiveness between the two commissioners ahead of rivalry week. We'll see uh, who pulls away from who as we tally this up after the week's played. This will bring us in to the final game, the game of the week, where we have the one-and-one Lexington mob led by Will Gray versus – the Don 2.0, 0-2 Don 2.0, led by Eric Thomas. Uh, oh how do you boy. see this one going? What team do you want to highlight here first, Jazz? Yeah, the reason I'm most excited for this matchup, I think, is because Don might get his first win of the season. 
Um, between the two matchups, though, too, I think one interesting thing we can look at is the two stacks they have. So on Lexus and Mom's side, we have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler stack. They've been an interesting – Austin Eckler has been coming out swinging after he made that trade. Um, I like where his head was at with that. So going up against Kansas City, I'm curious to see out of the two – and then on the other side, we have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill going up against LA Chargers. Um, so the two teams are playing each other. The two tax, the two stacks are playing each other. So I'm excited to see which of the two will win the bout in that end. Yeah, it should be exciting to watch for. I'm sure they'll be glued to the TV come Sunday. To me, I think the big X factor here is Austin Eckler. I know I've been giving Will a hard time throughout the start of this podcast. Um, Austin Eckler 100% got back on track in week two. We highlighted that week one, he had zero targets, zero receptions. Week two, he had nine targets, nine receptions. So a stat line that we are more accustomed to seeing from Austin Eckler. Um, Additionally, I think Kyle Pitts is turning out to be a pretty decent player. Usually starts around weeks four and five where the tight ends really separate and people uh, and several teams are forced to go to the waiver wire week after week to stream a tight end. Uh, It looks like Kyle Pitts might just be as consistent as they come at tight end for a rookie. He doesn't have to worry about the position too much. And then the last thing I want to talk about here is we don't talk about defenses too much, but this Bills defense that Will has on his roster um, has been very, very solid for the entire season. They're going up against Washington this week. Um, It's at home, so you know that Bills Mafia is going to be going crazy, uh, and you know that Taylor Heineke is going to have a tough time dealing with this pressure. Their front, their secondary, all across the board, they've got a pretty good team. Um, so I'm looking to see double digit figures from that Bills defense and special teams. Yeah. And then one more thing I'll add to that. Um, after looking over the rosters here, um, this could be an issue for Lexington mob. Uh, Don patrol actually has Keenan Allen, which is his number one target. Um, so he might be taking up making some of those points that in touchdowns, Justin Herbert's going to be throwing um, non-existent and vice versa for both sides. Um, and then on the other hand, two of the big names come into the season in terms of tight ends. So we had Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews, um, Mark Andrews going up against Detroit and then Cal Pitts going up against New York Giants, two teams that haven't looked too great. So I'm curious to see out of those two who puts up the most points. So all in all, I think there's a lot of room for big things to happen in these two games. So I'm super excited. Um, but like I said at the beginning here, I'm going with Don Patrol for his first win of the season. And look at that. We're pinned against each other for each game. I'm going with Will Gray and the Lexington mob. I do <laughs> like Don Patrol's team. I don't think it really has a weak point, but outside of Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, Nothing really gets me excited this week. Uh, I think it's a savvy pickup and plug into your lineup with Hunter Renfro, but I like the upside sitting on Will Gray's team for this week. That'll wrap it up for the league matchups. So to summarize the picks in the Jasper Wildcats against the Titletown Cheese Curd, I've picked Tyler to win. Chaz has picked Will to win. In the matchup of the two undefeated teams, Viva La Tejas and 25 Savage, Jazz has broken my heart and gone with Daniel Arrow to win this one and remain undefeated on the year. In the matchup between I'm a Chooch and the B team, I've backstabbed Chaz as well and picked Kyle to win and also remain undefeated on the season. In the matchup between the Manscaped Bushwhackers and the Clown, Chaz picked Davis to win and I've picked Ethan to win. And then for our big matchup, the game of the week, We've got the Lexington mob going up against Eric Thomas's Don Patrol 2.0. Chaz, you picked Eric Thomas to win, and I've picked Will Gray to win. So we'll see how these shake out. 
It's time now for our toilet bowl alert. All right, each week we're going to be highlighting the teams that we feel like are on a bad or downward slope. Chaz, why don't you start us off here and talk about the team that you were putting on toilet bowl alert? Yeah, so this one was a tough one for me this week. I think um, one team that, again, you probably know who I'm going to talk about here, but um, I was super high on at the beginning of the year. I thought they might have had the best one or two teams um, was the Manscaped Bushwhackers, and they have disappointed so far. So I'm a little nervous to put any more hope in them unless they show me something these upcoming weeks. And with me going against with clown this week, I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Um, his players so far have put up good numbers. However, um, like I said, they've been pretty inconsistent. And then his starting lineup has um, some players have put up big numbers and they're all capable of putting up big numbers. But I think the biggest thing for me is his bench. A lot of the players on there, are definitely handcuffs and without big injuries on their teams, I don't think they're going to get the the points that they're needed. And especially if some of these players up here that are already looking a little injured on his team um, were to have to sit out, there's not too many players on his bench that I'm super confident on. Um, so I hate to say it. I liked it to start out with, but I think on toilet bowl alert, we're going to go with Ethan Brown's Manscaped Bushwhackers this week. Mm, I'm also going to put the Manscaped Bushwhackers and Ethan Brown on toilet bowl alert. Like you said, started 0-2, not a hot start. Between weeks three and four, that's the first quarter of the way through the regular season um, for this year in fantasy. Additionally, like you said, Ethan's bench isn't great, and he hasn't done anything to change that. This is the second week in a row Ethan has not participated in waivers, done nothing to really improve any sort of front, whether it's the wide receivers or the running backs. To me, he's got a tough matchup coming up next week as well when he's going up against the Kurds. So from my perspective, the Bushwhackers have some manscaping of their own to do. Self-reflection time. It's time to get back on track. All right, boys. That's going to wrap up this episode. I'm excited for week three and all the things to come. Don't at me.